What's up, everybody? Hyped to be back. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by All I Need Skate. Uh, what's new with All I Need is our Seafood Vengeance decks just hit skate shops, um, and they look awesome. Peter James Glenn on the artwork crushed it. Decks are made in the United States right here, so they're fresh and crispy. And uh, yeah, and also don't sleep on the gump. The gump hat goes. Sometimes you gotta gump it. Uh, but yeah, you can check out all our creations at allineedskate.com. Thank you to everyone who supports skateboarding. You guys are the shit. And today, my guests are Mark Hoyt and Brett Busher. Uh, these guys created Street Kingpin's skateboard app. Uh, quite the story, man. We talked about, you know, being a coder, snowboarding, skateboarding, and we even touched on Lyme disease, which I just learned. It's Lyme disease, not Lyme's disease. It's Lyme disease, and it's fucking gnarly. Um, but yeah, Mark and Brett were fucking sick. I'm hyped to share this with you. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skaters in the garage. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know, the other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Nice. Hey, uh, today we have Mark Hoyt. What's up, man? What up? How you doing, Anthony? Chillin'. And we have Brett. I don't want to butcher your last name, so maybe you could... You almost said it right just there. It's Busher. Busher. Sick. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you guys are longtime buddies. You guys both snowboard? Yeah, so that's how we met. Hell yeah. Totally. And you... up, Brett. Brett was the good kid at the mountain, and I hated him for it because he was always the best snowboarder there. So I was a little younger, so we started out as frenemies. Let's put it that way. <laughs> nice. <There> you go. <laughs> How do you? Every good friendship starts, right? Yeah. Did you see it that way too? You guys are competition. Oh uh, yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty competitive, I guess you could say. That's sick. Well, let, let's start there. Let's. I want to ask how you found skateboard. Uh, well, let's start with snowboarding, Mark. Did you skate or snowboard first? Um, man, so I actually started skating first, and I used to go and compete in all the local contests at my in my hometown. We had like five skate parks, so I would go around and compete at those. And I never won. I always. I mean, I never even got top three. And then I'll never forget at the end of the year, I got this phone call from the local skate shop. And they're like, hey, you got third place in this high desert skate series. Come get your trophy. Nice. To this day, my skate trophy is still my most prized possession. It's on my mantle still. <laughs> fuck yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> and then did you so, just you just find snowboarding after that? Um, so I actually I mean, did both of them. And then uh, I just remember kind of getting to this point where I was like, man, I need to kind of pick one or the other because I get hurt doing both of them. So I need to really focus on one if I'm going to or whatever. So one day I just kind of decided to go with snowboarding a little more. That's sick. Sick. And how, how did you find snowboarding, uh, Brett? Um, my parents had me skiing at like a super young age, probably like five or six years old. And then my older brother is about 10 years older than me. He 
he got into snowboarding, so I, I just thought it was way cooler than skiing because that's what he did. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of wanted to be like him when I was little. So I, I think that's how I got good at a young age because my brothers pushed me super hard. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, with skiing, is that harder than snowboarding? Um, if it's like your first day on the mountain, it's probably a little easier to ski, but it's. I would say it's like really hard to look good while you're skiing. <laughs> Not many people can do it. Yeah, the, the craziest. <laughs> hey, he laughs. <laughs> the craziest is the fucking in the Olympics when they hit the speed bumps or whatever, and like boom, 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 boom. You ever see that one? Blows my mind, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it blows my kneecap just watching it. Can you do? Could you do that on skis? Could you romp down like a speed trial like that? Um, no, I haven't skied since I was like a little kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And did you compete in it as well? No. Just not fun. Skiing. Sick. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's fucking awesome, man. Uh, I want to try skiing, but I feel like I'll get laughed off the mountain. Any truth or <laughs> no? <laughs> I, I don't know skiing's pretty big right now actually oh sick that's yeah. good that's yeah. good to know well, I, well the, the reason why we linked up today was because you guys are working on a app together which i think is pretty sick man you guys met through snowboarding and uh became friends and now you guys are gonna create a, you've already created an app together yeah so we've been uh, we've been working on this for a few years now and you know it's pretty much just been I sit at my house uh, after I get home from my full-time job and would just hermit crab up in the uh, in my bedroom for a couple hours every night. And Brett is uh, just one, just such a cool uh, designer. He's got this cool design mentality that is really unique to the skate and like punk rock scene, in my opinion, because he grew up. I mean, when I when we were growing up, I thought of Brett always as you know the punk rock kid. He loves punk rock. He's got his older brother, so nice. I mean, it's just he always had that cool vibe to him and. Uh, so we start. We've been making movies since we were in high school together, and selling movies. And we just kind of always wanted to do something more, something to give back to the community. And you know, really, the whole point of this app is to really just touch on like that. You know, competing sucks, and like traveling around the world sucks. And if you're not a rich kid, it's really like seems so unattainable to you that. So we just, you know, we've been working on this idea, kind of Robin Hood thing, to kind of make kids give kids more access to skate gear and let them earn their own kind of destiny with it, and really. You know, not have to go and compete in this high-pressure situation that no one really enjoys and be able to compete every day. And, you know, when I say compete, I mean, the friendly competition is own-the-spot kind of competition, not this deep, like, oh, focus so hard and try not to poop your pants type thing. So Shit yourself while uh, trying to compete. <laughs> My homie Brandon, every time I skate with him and we go to, like, some gnarly skate spot and he gets excited, he's he always looks at me and goes, I have to shit my pants, like, instantly. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys though. So you made you're working on the app, which we'll get into more. But had were you guys? Did you both go like the sponsorship route with snowboarding or? So that I, you know, I went with the competition thing, and actually I really went in with the filming aspect of it is what I wanted to do. Nice. And Brett, you know, happened to be just the most amazing filmer I knew, and so we really were able to work together and kind of you know work as a team always, and in a cool way of non-competition working together, sort of vibe. Did you, how far did you take the sponsorship? You went pretty far, from what I can tell. Um, yeah, I rode for Drop, um, Gloves on the pro team. I rode for Smith and LibTech, Quicksilver when they were around. Um, I used to ride the Dew Tour, did a few of the Dew Tours. Uh, got a funny story about one of those. Go ahead, <laughs> so go ahead. Podium did a few of the Grand Prix competitions, and, you know, Brett and I traveled a lot, and just, we made edits out of them, and kind of what you were talking about, just trying to show... Trying to show people the lifestyle aspect of snowboarding and skateboarding and what we do and not just the, hey, here's cool tricks all the time. Yeah. You know, really, we made a Cribs episode once years ago. I mean, just kind what? of, we tried to make kind of different, unique perspectives on the lifestyle. How, what, you did a Cribs? Wait, did you film it, Brett? No, no. Mark's pretty good at editing, too. He made that one on his own. Oh, sick. Well, what were some of the projects? Yeah, it was awesome. What were some of your first projects wow. filming? Oh, we, like, from the get-go, like, 16 years old, we started making full-length DVDs and uh, making movies with the artwork and everything, and we'd go around to school, and we'd 
uh, host our own video premiere. So many kids we could get to show up. That's it. So yeah, like video has always been part of Mark and I's relationship. It's been pretty cool. Yeah, there's something about like filming a whole project and having everyone involved and then premiering it and all the hype and it's cool when you get the artwork going and it's rad because I've been talking to like the dudes I skate with and I just say that I'm like someone's got to do it, you know, because like everyone wants to skate, but someone's got to film at times, you know. Someone has to be the film bot. So I really respect the people that film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually kind of ended up falling more in love with that side of it. Like totally unexpecting it too, but like that's what I think all about is how to film that next shot or how to put a cool video together. It's yeah. fun to come up with unique ideas. It seems like it's more and more relevant nowadays, like as uh, YouTube and all these platforms get video and, uh, you know, people with that skill, it kind of helps a lot. <laughs> totally, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, let's get back to the do tour, man. What's some of the stories? What, like, did you ever win anything? Do we get trophies? Did we have any wild nights? Or <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh, do tour-wise, uh, so, I mean... Yeah, those competitions are real intense. I mean, you're standing up there with Sean White or Sebastian Duton or any of these pro snowboarders, and they're just so, you know, they're, they're machines. They're, they're amazing. They're these animal machines that just are so fine-tuned. And I don't know, I was, you know, there were so many times where I was the only one up there with no coach. Like, you know, that's a big thing in snowboarding is coaching. And, you know, in my opinion, it's more of like a, I don't know. I don't know how people can coach because they can't do what they're coaching. So <laughs> I, I, think, I think most of the coaches are just kind of there to tell uh, their students or whatever how cool they are and what everyone else did on their run and how to beat them. But so I never had a coach, and I mean it's it's a weird vibe, you know? Like they'd be waxing their boards for them or whatever, and they'd be like, "Hey man, can I get some wax?" And they'd be like, "Nope, no wax for you, buddy." And it's very weird, super competitive, like. I don't know, just this weird vibe, and I never really, like, meshed that well with it, just, I don't know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I was that kid that would go to the Dew Tour in Vermont and, like, like, hitchhike his way to the Dew Tour and then find some person to crash at their house I didn't know, and, I mean, it was just, I was always kind of that, like, outcast-type dude, and so we, uh, I did the whole Dew Tour, um, all three stops, Breckenridge, Vermont, and then we went to Utah one year, and, uh, man, so I, we're out in Utah, and I, you know, had a, a semifinals, I got first place, I mean, that's, yeah, I was just beyond stoked, like, best, most excited you've ever seen me type of thing, like, landed my run. Hell yeah. First, qualified first above, uh, you know, the, the Olympic gold medalist last, uh, at the last Olympics. Uh, so, I mean, I was up above him, and. I was just like on high heaven, went and got my free due tour massage and my, yeah. my free do, my free due tour lunch and like, <laughs> and um, so me and the homies head out to the parking lot and they start like taking off their gear and whatnot and so I'm already out of my gear so I go and sit in the car and start rolling up a dube and next thing I know a park ranger like walks up and he's like what's that dude what's that and I'm like oh man really. <laughs> so, uh, of course, some kids walk by and they're like, dude, that's the guy that just won. That guy just won the due tour. He does like, drugs. He does drugs. <laughs> like, cheater, cheater. <laughs> so this, uh, so the, uh, the park ranger, like, you know, just is, tries to be my best friend. He's like, oh, man, am I going to see you on TV, yada, yada. But, oh, here's your ticket. And he hands me a ticket. Fuck. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I'm being nice to you. I'm not going to arrest you. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. You're so nice. And... Um, <laughs> So we like, you know, I get the ticket, get in the car and leave. And I was like, all right, whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. Don't let it get to you. Uh, he calls the owners of the ski resort and the owners of the do tour. And I get a phone call later that's like, hey, you need to come in and apologize to the ski resort and apologize to everyone for acting inappropriately. <laughs> and, oh, my God, are you serious? So <laughs> ended up going in the next day, um, the morning of the finals, like, you know, the biggest day of my life. And. Had to go in there and basically like apologize to these old people that own the ski resort and the do tour and tell them what a bad influence I was and <laughs> what a bad person I am and like you know just and the, it's cool because the guy at the do tour Don Bostic was just like Mark when I walked in there he's like Mark 
I, I didn't even used to go skiing unless I smoked. So I get it. Just just apologize and get out there and kill it. It was super cool, but it was just this crazy situation. Uh, yeah, it seemed like it was blown out of proportion, for sure. To- totally. And so long story short, I went to court like twice, and this public defender caught on and yada yada. And I got a phone call like a year later, and they're like, yeah, so you were in a parking lot, which is private property, so a forest ranger cannot give you a ticket there. They had no jurisdiction, so they dropped the whole thing. Nice, fuck them, yeah. <laughs> so that was a cool silver lining. But then on the next note, like it was such a big letdown to, you know, I ended up, after I had that meeting with him, I threw up in the gondola and just was like so nerve-wracked. I mean, I fell on both of my runs. I couldn't even land the finals run. Um, so I was like, you know, super let down and this and that. And then, you know, it just goes to show you, uh, three weeks later, Brett and I, actually another friend of ours, drove to Mammoth and, I got third place at the Grand Prix with, uh, again, Sage Kotzenberg and Chaz Goldemon were first and second. So it was, it was cool redemption type thing to kind of just come back after that because it was, it was rough. <laughs> oh, I bet it makes for a good story to market or promote, you know? I don't know if Dutor would have done that, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think they were into that at all. <laughs> that should have been the video. That's what we filmed next time. We <laughs> filmed the whole thing. <laughs> That, that's crazy. I, I also did the do tours too. They're pretty fun. It was cool to get paid to actually just go to them. You know, you get paid to just go and do what you want to do and put on a show for the most part. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, those kind of contests are cool because, like you said, I mean, if you if you can get to that level, you get paid even for last place. It's obviously not nearly as much, but yeah, it's, it's a cool vibe. Snowboarding is just a little different than skating. I don't know. It's 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 not as it's not as communal, kind of, in my opinion. It's not, people aren't as friendly. It's not about us, it's about me. Yeah, yeah, there's coaches, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> It's alright, though. I mean, I imagine it'd be pretty fun. I always hate when things get robbed from the people that do it. That's been my big thing with, like, skateboarding. Because I was like, even when you're sponsored by someone who owns a company that doesn't skate, it's all public, and, you know, like, they can take your titles away. You know what I mean? Like... When recession hit, brands drop you, and then you're, like, not considered a pro anymore. To me, that's, like, bullshit, because the skater is the one, or the, or whoever, snowboarder, whatever, you're the one who, like, creates the content, puts your hours and life into the, something you enjoy, and, like, share that with everyone. Like, you, you, no one should be able to take your titles away, right? No doubt, man, I'm with you on that. It's, the industry is not set up. To benefit the skaters, that's for sure, or snowboarders, or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I hope, that's why in skating, I was like, more small brands, the better. Like, more people growing communities, working together, creating the events, more people filming them, editing, keeping the spark going. Like, and then those people working together, you guys can build your own industry, you know what I mean? Absolutely, man. Especially nowadays with the internet, and like, being able to, um put it out there and connect and share like it's not like it was there used to be gatekeepers with like you had to get the dvds or you had to get in the print magazine you know it's not the same these days to the the same degree anyways no doubt about that that's right all right one second okay yep i just want to make sure i cover these oh okay i wanted to ask you guys um did you guys let's start with brett brett did you go to school yeah, I actually went to college as well. Got a bachelor degree about three years ago. Nice, solid. Your parents yeah. are parents are probably stoked. Yeah, for sure. I'm an art student, so I guess it could be a little more stoked. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a tough okay. road? Is that a tough road? I never even went to college, so. <laughs> um, I mean, it, like all the prerequisites, kind of sucked because I had to do, you know, like bunch of science bullshit but once i got into the actual art program it was a blast yeah yeah i did graphic design so i had fun learning that photoshop and illustrator and yeah yeah i love designing yeah that's sick i i fell in love with that stuff too like um just my friend gave me a copy i think of adobe maybe it was like the the suite or whatever adobe suite and uh Just messing with all the programs and learning them was so fun. And and I still mess and learn with them nowadays, you know? Yeah, I'm like fully addicted. It's like therapeutic to me. (laughs) Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you were kind of saying like that, Mark, too. You are saying about coding. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of addicting a little bit. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Yeah, it feels good to be creative. 
Yeah, absolutely, dude. Imagine imagine if you couldn't be creative and all you had to do was some shitty thing you had to do all day long. Like, some people live like that. They just, you know, hang on to whatever they can find and just hang on to it. They have no creative outlet, no fucking thing, and that place becomes their fucking life. It's insane. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you gotta feel blessed to be yeah. able to find something that you like like that, for sure. Totally. Yeah, like, I'll feel a little low sometimes. I'll just be like, oh, crap, I haven't done any artwork in a while, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of like skating, too. That's that's kind of how I look at skating. Like, if I'm having a bad day, it's like, if I go skate, I'm going to get my heart going, do something fun, scribble outside the box a little bit, and, like, maybe fall, meet someone new. I'm like, I'll, my mood will change instantly, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're so fortunate to have something we're passionate about. Some people never figure out an outlet in life like that. Yeah, it's fun to like be able to take something you can do and then work on a project, apply it and finish it and have something you've created. Like that process is fun to do on, on the regular. Yeah, especially when you're like, oh, I can't believe I made that. I didn't think I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like the best feeling. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, Mark, I wanted to ask you about coding. Like how long have you been doing that for? You said... You didn't learn it in school, or did you? No, so, so coding, man, what a cool, like, I mean, it is the job of the future to all the kids, like, I, I can't recommend it enough, it's like this, it's almost like a fuck you to the man, in my opinion, <laughs> just, I mean, you can make six six figures, you know, like, at a, you know, never going to college, these kids can get out if they're, you know, if you're, it's a way of thinking, it's not like an intelligence thing, and everyone's like, I'm not that smart, and I'm like, dude, it's not smart. It's a way of thinking. It's actually a creative process, much more than most people think. And it's a con- it's creative and it's building. And if you can, you know, conceptualize that, then it, 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 it's just such a great job. And um, and what it also allows me to do is create things like Street Kingpins, which is just a way for us to be able to enable other, you know, something we love or we're talking about our passion and enable others to do it and help them connect through it. So, man, coding, we started with this with a blog years ago, just this real simple blog uh, called Now Snowboarding, and we did, um, and actually our name got stolen by a binding company years later that is now called Now Snowboarding, but that's not here nor there. Um, <laughs> so we did that for a while, and then uh, I was actually snowboarding, and I was living in Lake Tahoe, and uh, I tore my meniscus really bad about like a pretty much directly in half so my knee was just totally locked up and no good really gnarly <laughs> so i was uh you know i i just had my my second daughter and uh, my two beautiful daughters and i love them to death and i was out there hitting uh so i did this contest on we did one on espn called the texas high roller hold'em and it was such a cool format like this is how contest should be um you know, there was ten, uh, 10 of us, and we played cards literally around a poker table. And as you got your cards dealt to you, you'd have three tricks on each card. Um, you know, so like a, a 10 of spades would be like a backside 900. And, a, you know, a queen would be like a frontside double cork 12. And then, so you'd kind of pull cards, and you'd get your three cards, and then you'd make bets on like how, you know, how likely you think you are to have the best trick and how much you want to bet on having that trick and that you can land it. So it was kind of cool because it made you kind of go out of your comfort zone and do tricks that you don't always do. And um, I got a spot in it, so I was like, oh, I have to do it. I don't care if my knee's torn, whatever. So I ended up... Uh, <laughs> Wait, meniscus was torn at this point? Yep, meniscus was fully torn. I hadn't snowboarded in about a month. No, and, really. um, but I was already in the contest, and like the do tour, you know, it was, last place was 1500 bucks. So I was like, I just got to hit the jump once so that I get 1500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so no, really. I know. So I was actually using horse tranquilizers on my knee to Whoa. make it not hurt anymore. <laughs> and um, so I shot, uh, you know, used some horse tranquilizers and uh, was sitting down. I hit the jump twice in practice and just kind of aired over it and didn't really feel it. So I was like, all right, I should be good. And um, first card I got was like a cab 12 double cork. And... Um, I went to get on the snowmobile, and right when I reached, like, hopped over the snowmobile, my knee locked up, and I was like, oh, great, here we go. And so I got to the top and spent about five minutes trying to get my knee to unlock so I could actually bend it to hit the jump. Yeah. And um, so, long story short, I didn't win. Um, I 
I, uh, on my last run to get in finals, I got an ace, which of course means triple cork of choice. So I did a frontside triple and almost landed it, but. Is that the gnar, is the ace the gnarliest one or what? So yeah, an ace, any ace was a triple cork of choice. So you had to do any triple, I mean, triple backflip, triple frontflip, triple frontside, triple cork, backside, whatever you want. Gnarliest. So. So I went for one and almost got it, but it was, I mean, the jump was so dark. I mean, it was at night and it was crazy, but it just ended up being super fun. But I, that, I literally that night I had this revelation of like, wow, I should probably get, get something a little more long-term for my family's sake. Yeah, yeah, it seems a little reckless, but I can't say I haven't been there. I've done that stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's this weird, um, you know, it's that pursuit of... Um, um, perfection and mastery, which is something that, you know, with skateboarding and snowboarding is so cool for us. And that's that, you know, one trick a day is really like learning or improving one thing a day is what we strive for. And it's that, you know, it, it, it's just crazy now when I think about it, cause I was doing all that for me just cause I enjoyed it. And that's what was so fun about it. Yeah. Cause you can, you can get carried away in the, the, the high of landing stuff and going, it's a rabbit hole, just like anything else, like learning tricks and like putting style together and, the more you do something, the the better you get at it. So it's it's you can see how far you can take it. And when you're young, you have a lot of testosterone, and you're like, a lot of young people don't give a fuck either. Like when I was young, I just didn't give a fuck. You know, I was young, I was running wild, I was a savage. <laughs> I mean, I still gave a fuck, but you know, what I mean, you don't give a fuck about yourself as much because you're young. You think you're invincible, and you just can charge it, you know. And then you get humbled by time. <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> I like it though. That's why I love skateboarding because it seems like uh, all my favorite skaters are older. They seem like they aged like fine wine. You know, like they get better. They like kind of get more controlled. They might not be getting as gnarly, but their style tightens up. And I don't know. I love it. Totally. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys seem like you're a good balance for each other to to take on this app, man. How's it been going? Pretty awesome. Like we're just we're lucky. We're like best friends, and we just have been. Uh, complement each other so well like we've been working on projects together ever since we've known each other it's crazy yeah it's really it's really rad to be able to recognize that and then to work together and and collaborate it's hard you know like to find people that you feel like uh balance each other you know that make up for each other's uh other sides you know and compliments it's good yeah (laughs) you gotta keep people around you that motivate you too yeah, some people have the spark, and you see them, and you're like, oh, you can recognize it, because you, you have it or can relate, you know, and then you just ha- can work together and hang on. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to find people like that. Yeah, that's what I was talking about before, like, um, with building industry within, like, skateboarding communities and small communities. Like, if you guys just realize you have everything you need, you just have to work together to, to build these industries so people can live their lifestyles and, like... Dude, you you know, getting older too, Mark. Like you gotta take on more responsibility for for yourself and for the community of people that love what you guys love, you know. And uh, it's cool to contribute. I like the idea of a skateboarding app, and and maybe explain um, how the app works, like from someone first interacting with it. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the cool part about you know just to start is like. Um, yeah, the app is really about that whole idea of kind of sponsoring yourself and kind of like kids are out there busting ass every day. You know, I watch your videos all the time, man. And like, you know, most people don't realize how much we put into this sort of thing and how much, you know, one shot can be a whole day of your life or, I mean, a week of your life, whatever it is, to go get to it, film it, land it, stomp it, thousand tries, whatever. So um, basically what I just, I kind of saw is that it's not, I know, like, going to these contests costs so much money and so much effort and so much time, and it's, and it really isn't showing who the best skaters or snowboarders are because not everyone's comfortable in that situation and in, you know, that high pressure situation. So we wanted to make a way for kids to kind of really start using their videos and photos that they, that they're already making every day and actually start getting something back for that. So when you get on the app at first, um, you know, the opening screen is, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's like your dashboard. You get on there and it's gonna tell you how many people have watched your videos or watched your, checked out your photos or liked them or actually we call it upvoting. So we don't like, we upvote. So people vote up your videos to say this video's sick, this video's good. Nice. Um, or they, they can leave you props on it. Um, 
And so also on that first page, it's got, you know, the top three people in your region. So there's regions like, you know, the Denver region or the Boston region, and they're kind of like Craigslist regions. So you can check out who the best skaters are in your region and what they've been up to, as well as your state. And, um, and coming to the next release will be even your country. So we're going to have to be able to have every country involved and get every country kind of just start ranking people by how much they're giving to the community. That's what's cool. It's not necessarily about the best skater. It's about who's giving the most content to the community and who's giving the, you know, the most variety of content and what they're giving. So, um, and then, you know, right below that, it's just got your closest skate spot, closest skate park, closest shop, like kind of just to get you out there right away. Um, the next page has got a map. Um, I, you know, I was so big on this and, you know, I hope, I hope other people like it too. I feel like not as many people are using it as I was hoping for, which is, which is fine. But, you know, we got this cool map that's like totally every skate spot that someone posts. You can go to that spot and then, and, you know, compete against them. Nice. And, um, or, you know, just skate with them, add your history to that spot. I kind of wanted to make like, you know, think about it almost as like a history book of like, oh, here's all the things that have happened at this spot, and here's all the things that happened at this spot. Even if they're old shots, it's, I think it's so cool to know what's gone down and where it's gone down and kind of be able to go and, you know, go to a new city and enable kids to go and find those cool spots and share them. And, you know, I got a lot of backlash from people like, oh, I don't want to share my spots, yada, yada. And I'm like, well, dude, first of all, what do you think that some, you know, some guy's going to download this app, some four-year-old guy and be like, I'm going to go to these skate spots and just hustle skaters and make them have a bad time. <laughs> like, so, I mean, it's only skaters that have the app. So only a skater is going to go to your spot is, you know, kind of my thoughts on that. Yeah, there's, so there's like a, sorry to cut you off, but I, no. I noticed that in skateboarding when I was younger, like people would, they would go out and hunt and find these skate spots and they would even like cut the kinks off. They'd do all the work to make the thing skatable. And then people, then they'd want to hide their spots from people because they just were like, I did all the work. I want to like keep it on the down low. I never had that mentality because I was more like, hey, skateboarding's funner when there's a lot of people doing it. And like, you know, if a lot of people skate the spot, we can see what other people do. And it's just fun because it, it adds another element compared to us just hoarding a spot. You know what I mean? So I, I've noticed that in the past. I don't, it's like a famine mentality. Like, there's not enough. It's like, there's plenty. Share. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Crazy. Totally with you. Um, so just on the next side, we got the, the feed. And what's cool about that is that some people, you know, have been asking about, why can't you search for someone? Why can't you search for someone? And we're, we're adding in search so you can search for your friends and stuff. But what I kind of, my original mentality there is that it's got three types of feed. The local feed. So everything that's happening in your area is going to show up in that local feed. So it's regionalizing it again. And so what's cool is that's going to connect you with people that are nearby to you. Um, in the middle, you've got the top rated. So again, if you're killing it, you're going to be on the top rated feed and people are going to find you. And then, then you can obviously subscribe to people and then check out their, you know, everything they're doing. But the kind of core concept around it is to, is to really promote kids working hard to get, you know, subscribers and not just, Oh, you're my friend. I'll subscribe to you. You're my friend. I'll subscribe. So it's kind of to actually do it a little more organic than that is kind of the way I think it's it's cool because you got you kind of got to earn your followers. You can't if you're not posting things, people aren't going to find you. So yeah, I wanted to ask you um, in your the upvotes is just like the community the community of people they vote on your videos. That's how that happens, and then you gain points from that, and then you have a shop where you can use the points. Totally, man. So we uh, are trying to partner with some really cool companies like All I Need. And get some uh, product to just give the kids. And, and like, as, so as you play the game, it's like an arcade. You win tokens or tickets. And we're we have a store that's uh, being finished right now. It'll be open in June sometime. And it's um it's gonna be in, you know trucks, wheels, decks, things that skaters need. That you know we're not not all of them are sponsored or have that ability. And even the ones that are, they don't have everything. So it's just a way for them to get more gear to keep skating. Really. Yeah, that's cool because it seems like. And it's set up, I checked it out briefly, and it seems like it's set up kind of like an Instagram where you just upload your photos, videos, and then you can like, and uh, it's similar in that sense, but you're actually, you actually gain something from it, you get the points, you know, and you can use those points, which is kind of cool. Absolutely, man, I mean, I, it's, it's I, you know, being similar to Instagram is obviously, you know, it's one of those things that people could be like, oh, you're not going to replace it, yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, it's, the reason it's similar to Instagram is so that people have ease of use, they know what to do, they know how to, you know, upload photos and videos, and they know how to already like or upvote on stuff, so it's really supposed to be, you know, a very similar model without them having to think too much, but 
yeah, they're able to actually earn their own skate gear and kind of sponsor themselves with it. So get something back totally. Yeah, that's that's the part I like. Because <laughs> it seems like people contribute content all the time, but not for, you know, just, they're just doing it to do it. You know, it's cool to be like, hey, if I contribute content and people like it and I just follow it along, then I can actually use the points. I can actually get some equity. Like, it's cool. So I like it. Thanks, man. And I mean, we're so excited that all I need is actually our first partner. Yeah. And we're stoked, man, to really get some of those awesome boards out and just get, get them in the hands of kids. That's what I mean. They get to earn them themselves. And that, I mean, that's something I think we're forgetting to teach kids these days is how good it feels to earn something for yourself. You know, I'd rather earn my own skate deck than have my parents buy it any day. That's, I mean, that's a cool feeling. So. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like most kids would like that too because when, uh, they just need the option to do that. You know what I mean? Sometimes they just don't even think of that because, like, getting something for free is cool, but when you earn it, it's, like, much deeper of appreciation. You feel like you're a part of that. You know, it wasn't a handout. And I think most kids would gravitate towards that because you get a deeper experience than just a shallow, like, here you go, this was free. You don't have any, like, there's no, like, you don't feel like you worked for it, so it's easy come, easy go, you know? Like, just, no that's good. The more people that put that into apps, that model or something, you know, it adds to, to helping. Totally, man. Yeah, I like it. I wanted to ask you about um, Dev Bootcamp. What's the bootcamp like? I saw it on your, maybe your LinkedIn somewhere. Totally, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I diverged pretty hard earlier. When you're asking about coding, I just ended up going into the story of why I started. But <laughs> this is that's my show. My show is a shit show. We just drift in and out of ideas and concepts, and it's like random. But I don't know. It makes for an entertainment. <laughs> Good, hell yeah, yeah. I like that too, man. I'm gonna ask. What's so funny about Brett and I is that most people say is we're so yin and yang that Brett's usually pretty reserved and quiet, and I'm just the most talkative, obnoxious person, so sometimes we've got people be like, how are you guys, like, best friends? Like, I don't know, we just balance each other out, I guess. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So, Dev Bootcamp, man, um, this, I mean, this is what I'm talking about for kids these days, I just think this is so cool, so, I mean, long story short, it's like, you know, 12 grand, so, compared to college, that's nothing. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's a four to five month program where you're just fully immersed in coding from day one. And, I mean, you do about nine, week, nine weeks at home where you do kind of like Skype sessions with other students and teachers and you, you know, get prepared for the program. And uh, I went up there to San Francisco and was lucky enough to stay with a buddy of mine and get a surf every weekend. But basically it's 100 hours a week of intense coding, yoga, <laughs> and like, you know... Just nice stuff to break it up a little bit, but wait, they do they do yoga yoga as well. Yeah, I mean, so dude, it's this whole crazy new holistic approach to learning of like focus on one thing for you know a shorter amount of time, but only focus on that, and then do things for your body too. Because when you're doing 100 hours a week at a computer, you know we have to do yoga three days a week, and they have instruments every 10 feet, and like you know skateboards and little unicycles, whatever you want, like stuff to kind of keep you entertained while you're literally in a boot camp for programming. And, um, man, it's just, it's such a cool way of learning in my opinion, because it's, it's skipping all the bullshit. Like Brett was talking about the prerequisite basket weaving class, but it's not going to help me if I code, you know? So <laughs> it's, uh, it's a whole new way of learning in my opinion. And I think that, you know, kids are really going to be able to, it's a good opportunity for kids to not have to go spend you know, a hundred grand in college and they can still get that great job. And it's a new type of job. You don't have to go into an office every day. You don't have to wear a suit. You can, you know, and it, it's, yeah, it's a really cool thing. So I went there for six months and I can't say enough good things about that, that school and that type of school, man. They're just such a cool, different way of learning. Do they um, have a good balance in uh, work and play? <laughs> um, at the school? Yeah. Or just in general. Like the six um, months where you, because it's called a boot camp, so like, are you like working more than you're skateboarding and playing or? Oh yeah, I mean, like I said, that's what's so cool though, is it's a short period. I mean, so yeah, I'd say for three months I was, I mean, I surfed every Sunday morning and that was pretty much my only break of the week. Gnarly. Nice. So, 100 <laughs> plus hours a week of coding. Gnarly. I mean, but it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just cool though. And the, the opportunity for kids to have a, you know, a six figure job without having to be a written, yeah, whatever. It's just, it's such a cool new way for kids to kind of be creative too. Yeah, it's awesome, man. 
All right, moving forward, moving forward. How long? Just chugging energy drinks. No. <laughs> how long? How long? Or where can they get the app? Where could someone get the app? The iTunes Store. Yep. Um. You can download it in the iTunes Store. Just search uh, Street Kingpins. Nice. We don't have an Android yet, but we're working on that. It's gonna be done. It'll be like exactly the same app. We have some guy working on it right now. Nice. And uh, it's free, right? It's a free app. Yep. That's sick. Yep. And yeah, if you uh, leave a review, you can also have a chance to win a free skateboard, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's sick. For sure. Definitely, yeah. it, it, helps when, it helps when people review it as well, right? It helps with ratings and gives uh, yeah. them more data and information, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll show up uh, higher on the feed when you search for skate apps. And it's like really hard to get ratings on there too. Hell yeah! And can people give you feedback too? On they can do it when they they just leave you a comment or whatever. Yeah, totally. Nice. They, uh, put what it, is it like a out of five scale or something, and they can write a comment tell us some feedback or whatever they want. Sick. I'm gonna leave a comment after the show. <laughs> I'm on. Right. I'm gonna get a yeah, rating. Yeah. <laughs> It's gonna be like a paragraph and a half. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> just, um, it's so funny how when people leave comments or reviews, like on Yelp, you know, some people just write like "good hamburger," and some people go into these like age-long essays about this restaurant, and I'm always like, "Wow, you really just don't have anything better." <laughs> some people just need a spot to vent on the internet. They're like, you know what? I'm just gonna go in super deep right now. I don't even know this motherfucker, but we're going in. <laughs> totally. I, oh man, the, the, the vibe you can see. Sometimes when I, I watch YouTube, just for the music is what's funny. I'll just listen to YouTube on my computer and just occasionally I'll scroll down through comments and the things that people argue about and how argumentative they get are just so funny to me. I can't get over it. Yeah, we were kind of talking about this before. Um, Brett, to fill you in, we were kind of talking about this before. We were just talking about how crazy I started drifting off into artificial intelligence and the internet and people. Like we were talking about that before. It's so crazy to think about it. Like, but that's what I was talking about. Mark was like, people put their whole lives online, like for free, and they do it like un- they're not even reflective enough to know what they're doing at times. Like people go for it. It's pretty gnarly. <laughs> I mean, I've done it. When you first come encounter with, like, the internet and, like, being able to connect to people, like, there's tons of, like, crazy... It's so new still, you know? Like, right now, we're looking at each other, all three of us, talking, and we're all in different areas. (laughs) You're in a car. (laughs) Brett's in a car right now. (laughs) (laughs) As far away as you could be, pretty much. Florida, up in the northeast, and out in Colorado. Yeah, and then Massachusetts. Kind of trippy. This is cool, though, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, okay. it's amazing. I it, is it to me to get an app onto like iTunes Store? Is it super expensive, or is it if you know how to do the work, you can get it on there? Oh, so I mean, or to just create an app? Like to me, is an app even attainable? Like you guys are doing it, so I imagine like is it a shit ton of money, or is it you guys do a lot of the labor too? You know, like. If you know how to do something, then, you, like, otherwise you have to pay, like, a programmer, you know, or a coder or something. Totally. So, I mean, this app would have easily, to have it built, I mean, from, it, uh, there's so many, there's more than one app is the crazy part, too. So, the iOS app, the iPhone app, is just one piece of the puzzle. There's actually four different apps going at once. Neither. That are, you know, and apps, computers, whatever you want to call them that are running servers and running backup jobs and kind of, they all work together. So uh, to have this whole thing created, I mean, would have cost us probably close to about a million, a million bucks so far at least. Whoa, so, gnarly. So, um, so actually, yeah, I've been, uh, I've written every piece of code myself for this actually for the past three years. And it's, um, you know, it's been, it's been rough. There's been moments where I was like, like I called Brad and I was like, dude, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> like I just, you know, two Two years in, I was like, I'm done, and I took like a month break, and I just went snowboarding, and just was like, I can't do it anymore, I'm just, (laughs) so this is one of those projects where like, I was just so stoked I finished it, and I just made it happen, and you know, this has been such a big dream of ours, and you know, we, we so far, Brett and I have, you know, funded this entire thing ourselves, because, you know, what's cool though, that makes us different, 
that you know, Anthony, that I really want people to know is that, like you know we there are no other skate apps that are made by skaters like this. I mean, there's no other there's no other you know some apps are made by technology companies, and that's usually where they come from. You know, there's some competitors and some other stuff out there, but you know, I hope people are able to see that those are just made by you know technology companies that want to make a few bucks off of them. It's not made by people who actually want to you know see something change. So yeah, yeah, that's good to know for sure. It's homegrown, you know. It's nice. Totally. <laughs> it's the difference when it's homegrown and when when it's like bought. You know, you buy something and whatever you do something with it. But when someone home grows like an app or an idea together from their experiences, that's why it's cool. You guys balance each other out. You guys are gonna crush it on that. <laughs> I'm hyped that you guys are gonna give out some all I need boards too. I appreciate that as well. Dude, we're we're beyond stoked to do it, man. We um, you were the first person we wanted to hit up. Truly, just. Reading just your one sentence, two sentence deal on all I need is—that's all we needed was just to see that, man. Seriously. Thank you. That means a lot, man. Um, I wanted to talk. I wanted to talk to Brett a little bit, dude. Mark was telling me about Lyme's disease, man. That seems like it's a gnarly thing, and I've heard a lot of stories about it. And we have ticks in the East Coast like a motherfucker. One time, I pulled like eighteen off of my dog. (laughs) Crazy. (laughs) Yep, I've been sick for about two and a half years now and i didn't actually have a diagnosis until about a month ago uh, it was like super hard to figure out what was wrong with me because like i've never had a tick bite or anything like that and yeah i've learned like there's so many misconceptions about it like it can be the bacteria can be spread by a mosquito and like 10 other ways like some doctors think it could be sexually transmitted whoa yeah or like i could have even been born with it and it's been like it could have been living in my body for like over 10 years and it doesn't really give you a problem until you have a until your immune system breaks down so yeah i had like a, a a series of concussions before i got sick and uh, I guess that's actually pretty common with Lyme disease. When you have, like, a chronic head injury, it can end up, like, taking over your whole body. What were the head injuries from? Snowboarding. I got, like, two or three in a month. Um, me, Mark, and I were working on another snowboard video we were going to finish. And, yeah, in the middle of filming, I ended up hurting myself a few times. Gnarly. Yeah, and it, like, I just thought I had uh, concussion symptoms the whole time that weren't getting any better because a lot of the, a lot of the Lyme symptoms are, like, exactly like a concussion, so it just, like, masked it, and, yeah, there's, like, a few other things that built on top of that. I had a copper deficiency, um, I just found out I have, uh, mold in my house which yeah he laughs he just laughs that's all you can do you keep going (laughs) yeah totally and i guess the mold just feeds the bacteria in your body and you're not gonna get any better if you're living in an environment like that yeah gnarly i've been in situations like this the mold is gnarly like i've i've lived in projects and stuff like that so i've lived in like some gnarly environments and everyone in my family smoked and stuff like that so like fucking gnarly and i've heard about lyme's disease too like how brutal it can be like it just seems like it's ongoing but what why did it take so long just because they weren't sure how do you come with that how do you diagnose it lyme's disease um so actually like two years ago when i first started having like bad i started getting like physical problems like i could i'm like i've actually been in a wheelchair for like a year gnarly and yeah, I get I was getting like throbbing in my knee in my thighs and like any muscle would start stinging, like uh, kind of like a gnarly nerve pain. So that's when we started thinking there has to be something more than just a concussion that's wrong with me. And so I just started getting like tested by everything my doctor could think of. And like the, the standard test for Lyme is called the Western blot. And so I got that test like at least two years ago and it was a, it was a negative. So we ruled that out. I found out later that about 50% of people, they'll actually have a 
false negative. So I'll get the test results back and my doctor's like, no, you don't have Lyme, so it must be something else. So I spent the next year, two years, just like searching for answers. And then I finally went to a functional medicine doctor, Andrea Jordan. And she was like, let's take a deeper look into the immune problems. And it took like another couple months of testing. And finally, she found some stuff and she's like, I'm pretty sure you have Lyme disease. And like at that point, I had my hopes up for so many other things that I was like, I doubted it for a while. Yeah. Until like I talked to more doctors and got a hold of some clinics. And like for the first time, it was like people could explain exactly what I was going through. Yeah, like they could tell you they knew what you were going through so they could go in depth about it. Yeah, yeah. Did what, what is there a cure? Um so traditionally they just put you on antibiotics right away. Like that's what like 90% of doctors are going to have you do. Um but I did some research before doing that cuz I, I know that that can like really fuck up your body. And I guess Unless you catch it, like in the first few months, for most people, antibiotics weaken your immune system more and make you sicker. So uh, that's when we found this clinic that I'm at right now out here in Naples, Florida. It's called the Lifestyle Healing Institute. And pretty much they give you uh, uh, IV therapies, like the bulk of their treatment. And they they also put you through like meditation stuff and some psychological treatments, some physical therapy. And uh, their whole concept is that you need to boost your immune system back up again so you can overcome Lyme and not feel its effect again. Because like your immune system breaking down is what actually made you start getting sick in the first place. So their whole strategy is just to build all that back up so you can overcome it again. And you've been doing this? Yeah, I'm at, I just got out here uh, two days ago. I just finished my second treatment today. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. So so every day there's like six other patients, and we all kind of sit in a circle on our little couches getting IV drips the whole time. And it's like super cool to hear everybody's story and... You actually feel like so less isolated because everyone has the same problems you do. Like I thought that I was like gonna be the one of the dudes that was sick for longer than anyone, and just about everyone I talked to have been sick longer than me. One dude has had Lyme for like twenty years. Gnarly. There was like this, yeah. There was this uh, dude. I think his name was Kyle. He's probably like couldn't be much older than 20 and he's like dude i've been sick for like seven years and nothing has helped me yet and there there's like a you can like tell the people that have been there a little bit longer yeah i've been here like two weeks and i'm, like, I'm feeling so much better now it's crazy that's my, sick. my head hasn't been this yeah my head hasn't been this clear in so long like i forgot what it was like to feel this way so cool brett that's good to hear man that fucking sounds like a battle just having that little room with everyone talking, like, I wasn't even expecting that, and that's been, like, one of the biggest helps so far. Yeah, man, that's sick. I, I actually suffered vertigo for, like, it was a half a year of my life, for sure. It sucked. And I remember not being able oh, to... Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I remember not being able to think clearly without having a headache, and, like, the lights hurt my eyes, and, like, the dizziness, and it just lingered on, you know? Dude, the craziest thing—it's, it's, man, it's one in, in the best way, man, because it's—it's a way to take a good perspective on your life. Sometimes, you know, when you see people going through shit that's just so crazy like that and so random, and it just gives you a good perspective on how thankful you should be. Yeah, absolutely, dude. The frailty of life. Dude, totally. Like you were saying, I mean, I'll never forget what he said to me. He said, uh, 
And he said, dude, I would just, I would do anything just to be able to walk, like, just be able to snowboard again, you know? And I was just like, man, that's so fucking, that's so heavy, like, that's so crazy. And it makes you, you know, all the little problems in life kind of seem that trivial. All right, Brett, I got one serious question for you that's been just bothering me for way too long. Is it Lyme disease or Lyme's disease? Is it a silent S or is it a real S? Come on. I'm pretty sure it's no S. No S. Lyme disease. I've seen, I've seen it spelled both ways. I'm no expert yet, though. I just figured this shit out a month ago. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay, because here's a... Sorry, go ahead. I, 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 think it's, I think there's no S. I think you're right. I don't know why. I, I find the S sometimes, and it just really bothers me. Is that a thing? Do yeah. people... Is it? Is there misinformation or something? Like, if you type in... Is it confusing? I wonder. Does it mucky the water? Uh, there's, like, tons of misinformation. Like, I guess, like, doctors are, like, still taught that, like, you, like can't get you can't get limes in Colorado like there's no such thing as limes in Colorado so I saw like two doctors that pretty much said like uh no either there's something we haven't found yet or you just have psychological problems oh man yeah dude it just like kills your confidence like just when you're like starting to feel a little better yeah fuck dude I can only imagine like, uh, I was doing pretty good until he said that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and here's another crazy thing. My my big brother is actually down here getting treatment with me right now. Wow. Yeah. And he got he got in a car wreck about three months after I got my concussion. Like, same shit happened to him. He just... Like, had all these concussion symptoms, and they never got better. What? Uh, he never got, like, the extreme physical problems I did. But, like, straight up, it's like he has Alzheimer's. He just, like, loses shit all the time. He'll be, like, driving somewhere, forget where he's going. He says he, like, forgets what he's doing, like, five times a day at least. Whoa, gnarly. That sounds gnarly. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess they're also thinking that a lot of older people that are diagnosed with Alzheimer's, I think there's a good chance they actually just have Lyme and they don't even know it. Whoa, that would be crazy. Yeah, dude, that blew my mind. I don't remember where I heard that. Damn. I so, so yeah, it took us like a full like two years, year and a half to start comparing our symptoms and as soon as I found out I had Lyme I was like dude there's a good chance you have this shit too wow so yeah we had him do the testing and he got accepted into the clinic and like two weeks later we're both here together oh that's sick and has he seen improvements as well yeah he's like he's just like I have like more mental stamina today it's weird and I just have like more overall energy. Yeah, that's not. Nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're feeling improvement because, like I said, when I had vertigo, man, it was like six months, and for like a couple months, it just felt like it'd last forever. And I know you understand that fully, but like for me, <laughs> never having to deal with that. Like the worst was like an injury; you'd have to sit on the sideline. But with like vertigo, it was like I had to lay on a couch for a week straight at a time. You know, like. Yeah, you just feel like it's never going to end. You're just in it 24-7, and you're like... but So to get a little improvement seems, seems like, really rad. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to see what a couple more weeks does. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, Mark, I wanted to ask you about um, being a counselor at Woodward. Is, is it, like, Woodward's skate camp, but is it for snowboarding? So, yeah, so they... Um Back in like 2009, Woodward branched out and they really wanted to get into the snowboard and ski scene. So they opened up a new place in Colorado at Woodward Copper. And uh, so I actually, you know, applied for the job. And there, I remember the lady telling me, she's like, yeah, we have like 500 applicants. So, you know, good luck. <laughs> and uh, so I went to Super Park and was having this awesome week riding out in Mammoth. And I got a phone call. And they're like, yeah, you got a job. And 
Then sure enough, my, like one of my good, uh, other really good friends that I snowboarded with and lived with, my roommate, got a job too. So his name is Colin Spencer. So we both ended up getting jobs there and uh, kind of helping him open the place and get it set up. And uh, it's, a, it's a different kind of facility. It's kind of like in, indoor, you know, I hate to use the word, but training for snowboarders. And it's um, it's pretty cool. It's a, uh, you know, they have like jumps into foam pits and trampolines and you know, all sorts of stuff to kind of make it a little safer to learn some of the big tricks that kids are doing, you know, double courts and triple courts and whatever. So yeah, it's just a, it's a really cool facility. I mean, and Woodward is just, you know, I, I've been to their skate camp too. And I, yeah, I just can't say enough good things. They're cool. Such a cool company. And they just really are, you know, out there to make a cool camp. You know, unfortunately, I don't think it's uh, something most people can afford. Uh, but it's, uh, man, it's, it's a cool experience there. So I was a counselor there for a couple of years and then, uh, or, no, for like a year, and then I was a coach there for a year or so. And then, I mean, the only thing that sucks is that, you know, I, I remember I was driving, uh, you know, just to go with the whole skateboard, snowboard thing. It's just so interesting. But, you know, you're a professional coach at, you know, one of the top coaching facilities in the world. And I went to Good Times to get a hamburger, and the guy working the register made more money than me. So I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not survivable. It's a cool experience, though, to have in the repertoire. <laughs> I went totally. to. I, never, I used to always say I never got to go to summer camp as a kid. So it was, the first time I got to go, I was actually like, you know, a coach or a counselor. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we, we enjoyed it. We, we tried to make it fun. Yeah, I did the. I went to Woodward as a pro skateboarder. Guests, they would have me come for like a week and just shred and hang out at the parks and. It was always super fun and so cool, and uh, I think you said it before, like, you get the free, well, at the Dew Tour, you get the free meal, but at Woodward, too, you got meals, so you just go get dinner and lunch and breakfast, and it's sick to live like a camper for a week. <laughs> totally, yeah, I love that vibe. Same thing with your counselor. It's funny, everyone wanted to be a coach so bad, and we were like, dude, coaching sucks. You don't get it. You got to, like, snowboard with the kids, you know, and then you go home at night, whereas as a counselor... You get a snowboard, like, just by yourself all day, and, you know, or with your friends, or whatever. I mean, you don't have to coach. Yeah. And then at night, you get to just go be a camper, basically. Eat the food, and, you know, go around and have bonfires, and jump on tramps. And, yeah, counselor's fun, because you're actually just going to be the... the the, the camper in charge. There you go. <laughs> yeah, which is which is sick spot to be for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, cool, man. Um, I guess before we go, I just want to say thank you to both you guys, um, for sharing and like coming on the podcast, and uh, it's sick, man. I appreciate you guys doing this. And then if you if you want, where can people, if you just want to plug anything, I mean, obviously the app, just give them all the information. So if someone wanted to check out what we just spoke about. Yeah, so you can download the app in the iTunes store, just search Street Kingpins. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Um, we're still building our team together, so we're, we're going to be pumping up way more content here soon. But our Instagram and Facebook are pretty active right now. Nice. I like that you have a YouTube. I've been liking YouTube a lot, too. That's kind of cool to do that. Yeah, yeah, I love YouTube. That's awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, man. And uh, we'll have to do this again. We'll give life a little... We'll let life pass us a little bit, and then we'll come back, and we'll do a follow-up to this. Hell yeah, Matt. Thanks for having us on here, Matt. I'm so stoked on what you're doing. And uh, just happy to be a part of it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Nice to meet you guys. Seriously, Anthony, I just, yeah, I want to say, man, like, um, just really big on what you're doing, man, and just about showing kids that, you know, I, I I almost use people like you as an example about, you know, kids that, you know, had didn't have everything and they had, you know, a rough way and they kind of, you know, they felt like they didn't have the opportunity or the chance. And I think that people like you are just this amazing you know, example of like, you know, you don't have to do drugs, you don't have to be a gangbanger, you don't have to commit suicide, whatever it is, I just mean like, there's a lot of people that have it rough, and you know, it's about finding something that you love, like you did with skateboarding, and 
you know, allowing yourself to release through it and live in the moment, which is what skating and snowboarding and these sports give us. So I just think it's so cool that, you know, people like you and, you know, I hope people like us as well really are able to just inspire kids to go out and, you know, be unique and be themselves. And, you know, snowboarding and skateboarding have so much personality and that's, you know, skateboarding especially. Everyone can do something different. There is no right. There is no wrong. And, um, you know, people like you and I hope that Street Kingpins as well are just, Really, the people out there trying to help everyone realize that, you know, if you love something like that, you should stick with it, follow it, and just, you know, be happy. Be happy every day, and it's one of those things that, you know, every day we, I go snowboard, I, that's when I can just shut off and just enjoy myself or skate every day. I mean, it's um, it's a way to really release and enjoy it, so. Yeah, you nailed it, man. I agree. It's a, you, we're, we're all just trying to express ourselves and not be repressed, and sometimes the repression comes from ourselves, you know, like just doubt and worry and all that stuff it's hard to be yourself at times you know but all you can do is be yourself and tell your story and it's uh it can either help or you know that's how i see it i think all stories add to the collection of everybody and it's fun it's fun to hear stories and relate it kind of lightens the load you know and when you talk so i appreciate you guys sharing as well absolutely (laughs) fuck yeah guys anytime Last thing before we go, I'd just like to take a moment to thank all of you out there that have supported this show by sharing and reposting uh, and for giving feedback. Uh, The feedback I get from you guys have been uh, very helpful, so I appreciate it. And also thank you to everyone out there that has supported the All I Need movement. Um, It means the world to me. That's how we're able to do this podcast and to make the videos and to throw the events and to keep the hype real in skateboarding is through supporters like yourself. So thank you again for everything.